What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of my podcast, Hustle and Film. I am your host, Majestic Kingston, and today we're going to be talking about the 1990, well, excuse me, 1985 classic, Day of the Dead, from George Romero. What can I tell you all about this movie? Well, for starters, I can tell you that this is one of my all-time favorite zombie films. It's my favorite zombie movie from George Romero's original trilogy, you know, that he did back in the day um, and the, over the decades of the 60s, 70s, and of course the 80s. But uh, I just want to start off and um, say rest in peace to Gary Clark, who was Private Steele in the film. Uh, he, I just found out uh, that he died last week. And that um, I don't I'm not I'm not sure what from I have to do more research, but uh, I found out that he recently um, passed away. And, um, you know, I always thought um, his character was was was, you know, very uh, funny and very, uh, you know, intriguing, you know, in the film. And um, I didn't know him. I didn't um, see him in anything else really outside of Day of the Dead. But uh, I just I mainly know him from uh, this film and um he was definitely one of the highlights of the movie but um he did his thing you know he played his part and um you know rest in peace to him but uh you know this film you know is definitely something dear to my heart and uh, i just want to uh, throw that out there before i get into it so let's get into it george Romero, um he started making this film back in the early 80s uh, I believe um, it was a it was a part of a deal that he had with the production company because um, he after he did Dawn of the Dead, he what he had he really didn't have an interest in doing another dead film. He wanted to do some other stuff um, when the 80s you know rolled around. He was interested in doing a uh, creep show. Um, he was also interested in doing some other things. But um, uh, when he got the deal to do creep show, um, a part of the deal was that. He was to uh, make a zombie film because, like I said, it was a three picture deal that he made with this company. Um, it was Creepshow, uh, Night Riders, and the other was Day of the Dead. And um, Jordan Merrill took the deal, and um, he didn't want to do Day of the Dead first, so he did Creepshow and Night Riders. And uh, when it came time for him to do Day of the Dead, he um, he like uh, Creepshow um, didn't do as well. He did well, but uh, I believe Warner Brothers bought the rights to Creepshow. If I'm not mistaken, and um, they got most of the profit. Night Riders didn't perform very well, so there wasn't very much money left for Day. And um, because um, when Jordan Mel started writing the script, it was originally much bigger. The film was like three hours long. I think I read the script a long time ago. Like it was um, very action packed. It was a lot more characters. It was a lot more settings and locations. Like you know. It, it was a very big film and it would have cost a, uh, you know, more than what uh, George had to make the film that he actually made. And, uh, but that's okay though, because, you know, I enjoyed the film that he made, you know, I loved it. And, um, I think, um, if that other film would have got made, it probably would have been good, but I just think the movie that he made was, you know, incredible and a classic, you know, I just think, um, you know, the setting, the characters, were really 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 good you know the, the the tone of the film it was a lot more darker than the other films that he did you know it was a lot more gorier and you know disturbing than uh, the original you know the other films that he did and um 
when this movie first came out, it um it didn't do as well financially. It um it was a bomb, and um which surprised which really surprised me because when I first saw this movie, I I saw this movie when I was in when I was a kid. Of course, it came out but way before I was born. But I saw it like when I was like in fifth grade. It was around Halloween. Uh, I remember my brother was telling me that uh it was a zombie movie on that he remembered seeing when he was younger, and uh that he was telling me, hey, come watch it, you know. And it was Day of the Dead, and uh. I checked it out. We was watching it because it was like towards the end of the film. It, it what we called it like uh, towards the end, where uh, the zombies were coming into the bunker, and um, you know, we was like, oh, like I was like intrigued by that. I was like, oh, and so we, you know, we rented the film like a week or so later, so I could watch it in this entirely. And um, I enjoyed the film. You know, I thought it was a classic. I thought um, I thought um, it um which is an amazing film. Like, you know, I don't understand how it flopped, but maybe I think the reason why is because this movie didn't have as much action. Um, then, um, then night or what well, dawn of the day, I should say it, it didn't have as much. Cause dawn day was more of a adventurous film. And, uh, George Merrill was going to do that with, again with day, but you know, he decided, you know, when he had the lower budget and he had to rewrite the film to what it was and put most of the story in the, in the bunker, which was cool to me. You know, I thought that was a pretty cool idea. Um, so, um, you know, let's get into this. Um, uh, the movie starts off with, uh, our heroine, you know, protagonist, uh, played by Lori Cardell. Her name is Sarah. She's, um, on a plane with a few other individuals. Uh, her boyfriend, Miguel, who is, um, going through, um, some very, you know, bad, moments in his life, you know, due to being involved in the zombie apocalypse, you know, he's, you know, going through some trauma and going through some mental, you know, illness and breakdown, you know, and, um, we'll get into him a little bit later, but, uh, we see, um, our pilot and our co-pilot, um, our pilot is a man, a Caribbean man by the name of John. He's, you know, he's basically the black guy of this film. You've seen, you know, any of George Romero's movies, you know, he always had uh, a wise, you know, you know, masculine, you know, black male figure in his work. <laughs> and uh, he was basically that guy. He wasn't he wasn't as um, much of a um, soldier as he was like, uh, well, as, uh, you know, his other characters were in, you know, some of his other films. But like um, he was but he was always he was more wise. You know, this guy. Uh, you know, I love this accent, you know, and the guy, his name is, his name is, uh, Terry Alexander. He's, um, I believe from Texas, if I'm not mistaken, but he's an American, but, uh, he, he had the Caribbean accent down. Well, I thought, you know, he did a good job with his acting, but he's basically the pilot and, uh, his co-pilot is named, his name is Billy. He's an Irishman, you know, drunken Irishman, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, uh, you know, they're basically flying over Florida, the film, cause the film takes place in the Everglades. And um, they're flying over, I believe it's Miami, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it's Miami. They're flying over and um, they're trying to see if they can uh, reach somebody within the city. They're, I guess they're trying to get in contact with survivors. And uh, they land. They talk about, hey, let's land the plane. And um, our pilot, John, he's like, well, I'll set us down, but I'm not going to leave my seat. I'm going to keep the engine running. And he says, and, and if I see the first sign of trouble, I'm going up. And then he tells them, he tells uh, Sarah and Miguel, if they're not, if they're not on board, if that happens, they'll have to have to have a lousy afternoon. 
<laughs> I thought that part was funny. He was saying, basically saying, you're going to get left. <laughs> he said, I ain't coming back for you. I don't care. You know, but he lands at, um, you know, Miguel and Sarah, they jump out with their weapons. And um, Miguel has a bullhorn, you know, because they're trying to use the bullhorn to see if they can get um, anybody's attention, anybody alive within the um, city. They um, go um, toward the main street of the city and see that it's completely deserted, that it's destroyed. And, you know, we know that the zombies are have already been in full effect of taking over the world. This is this movie takes place maybe the way the world looks. It, it, it takes place maybe a year or maybe a year and a half or maybe two years. I'm not sure. It could be longer after everything went down in that, um, you know, Miguel, he starts yelling into the bullhorn. You know, he starts saying, hello. You know, is anyone there? <laughs> yeah, I can't do his impression. But uh, he starts yelling into the bullhorn and um, trying to get the attention of anybody. But he only gets the attention of the corpses that are walking around. And uh, we see our first zombie. Um, man, like, uh, I believe it was uh, Tom Savini who did the makeup. And if you don't know who Tom Savini is, he uh, played on Dawn of the Dead. He uh, also played on From Dust Till Dawn. The vampire Robert Rodriguez, Quentin Tarantino joint. I'm about to do a review of that film in the future. <laughs> Jesus. But uh he 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 played the character Sex Machine and from Dust of Dawn. And in Dawn of the Dead, he played a character named Blades. He was one of the bikers. But he did the uh, special effects makeup in this film, Day of the Dead. And um he did an amazing job. That's all I can say. You know, you know, I heard my stories about Tom. I heard he can be a jackass sometimes towards uh his fans, but you know. That may be true. I'm not sure, but uh, I never met the man. But he did an amazing job on the zombies, and you know, I saw. I can't give him that. You know, whether he's a good, you know, a nice guy or not, you know, you know, he did a good job with the zombie makeup. I could say that because uh, the first zombie we see has like his bottom jaw, you know, ripped ripped off. Like like it's like I guess when he got ate up, like they just like went at his face and they ripped his jaw off, and um. You can see, like, he's bleeding still. The tongue is dangling. It's real. It's real nasty. Excuse me. I had to take a drink of my water. But it was real nasty. Uh, when you see it, you be like, oh, man. Like, what happened to him? And, uh, you know, he's walking along. And, you know, he hears Miguel's uh, bullhorn. He looks around. And the tongue is just dangling. It's just nasty. And then we see the other zombies, you know, coming out from the sound of the bullhorn. And the streets are soon just filled with zombies and it's a pretty cool shot we see a pretty cool shot of a like an aerial view of the street you know crawling with zombies and you know it, 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 you know like i've seen this movie like a million times I, I i can't tell you how many times i watch this film and, and every time i watch it i i see some new shit you know about this movie like it be whether it be some goofs or like or like stuff like going on with the zombies you're like oh i never knew noticed that zombie you like you know, because George Romero, he was known for having, like, themed zombies in his movies. Like, he always had, like, a zombie, like, dressed up like a clown or a zombie, you know, dressed up like a, a firefighter or something like that. Or, like, a zombie with, um, like, a zombie with a, holding a trombone or, you know, a, you know a, a ballerina or something like that or a woman in a wedding dress. You know, he always had stuff like that. You know, like, in the, like, later on in the movie, like, you see, like, a zombie with his football gear, some guy with a you know, with his football helmet and, you know, and jersey on and stuff. And you're like, okay. <laughs> I always thought that zombie stood out. But, um, yeah, like, um, Sarah and Miguel, they, um, uh, they get back to the plane and, um, uh, John and, um, 
Billy McDermott. I like to call him that. That's his last name. McDermott. Uh, John and McDermott, they hear the uh, zombies over the uh, radio because they were trying to see if they could get in contact from there and with somebody from within the city. And John tells them it's a dead city. He's a, like all the others. Listen, you can hear it over the engine. <laughs> I love his lines. I love his character, Jesus. Oh, man. Jordan Rell did a he did a great job. But uh, Sarah and uh, Miguel, they get back to the plane. And uh, we see the Everglades. Um, they're flying over the Everglades. And uh, we see the bunker. We see the uh, military. It's like a military base. It's, it's not much. You know, we see one guy. He's watering marijuana. You know, we see another guy. I believe uh, the second guy, he was reading a magazine or something like that, sitting outside a tent. He, I think he's, he was played by, I think, Greg Nicotero. I think that, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think that was Greg Nicotero. But I know he was in the movie. And, um, you know, if you don't know who Greg Nicotero is, he's the guy that, you know, works on, like, The Walking Dead. He he was a, you know, you know one of George Romero's closest friends before he passed. And, you know, he uh helped him with a lot of his movies. You know, he helped him with a lot of his movies. But he also, like, works on The the Walking Dead show. And, um you know, but you, you don't know him if you see him. But anyway, uh let's see. They're at the bunker. And, um they notice that um zombies are you know more zombies are you know approaching behind the fences up around the fences and um they uh also notice that uh, uh sarah notices that um there's a grave site a new grave site because they i guess they they had a, they have like um uh, a few um crosses um out front above ground the grave of the soldiers that they lost over the course of fighting the zombies and uh they notice that you know, there's a new grave and um apparently there was a guy named major cooper who was like over the uh over the military base like over the i guess he was like the main general over the military base but we don't get to know him we just know that you know he was an asshole <laughs> they talk about that but we meet the real asshole in general a little later <laughs> oh man but um they uh they try to get their stuff so they can go underground uh, John is telling Sarah, hey, man, what we're, I think what we're doing here is a bunch of bullshit. We should just, you know, go to an island somewhere and get juiced up and spend most of the time what we got left, you know, soaking up some sunshine and like, like just chill until we grow old or, you know, at least die. <laughs> but uh, Sarah, she's like, oh, no, we got to do We got to figure out what's going on. We got to do our research. We have a job to do. And um, she's trying to get Miguel to come along and so they get, get on the ground. And Miguel, like I said, he's going through his mental state. You know, he's, you know, having his, you know, his um breakdowns. You know, we can see it slowly happening, how he, how this man has been crushed uh, from being in this world. You know, we get the feeling that, you know, he was more, that he was a nice guy before the zombie apocalypse. He probably was a happy, you know, proud soldier. You know, he he has a relationship with Sarah, you know, um, you know, it's not you know, intimate, too intimate, but we know they had like a relationship with each other, you know? And, um, he's like, not, he like, he doesn't care. Like he's just, he's tired of her. He's tired of the situation. He just, he's just, you know, he's, he's close to the breaking point. And, um, so they get underground, they meet, we meet still played by the late Gary Clark and, um, his partner, um, his name is Rickles. <laughs> I always thought that was a funny name, Rickles. And, um, they tell uh, Sarah they got to bring in some more zombies because that's what they're doing. They basically go into the caves of the bunker and they uh, bring in zombies for uh, a scientist by the name of Dr. Logan to study. 
Um, but they call him Frankenstein. And we'll see, you know, you see him a little later. But uh, they got to go into the caves to bring in zombies and, um, you know, so they could round up and do um, research for um, a possible uh, test on how to either eradicate the zombies or make them behave. Because that's more so try to make them behave. Like, they're trying to find a way to see if they could destroy the zombies, find a way to destroy them. But um, um, Dr. Logan, a.k.a. Frankenstein, that's what they call him. Cause he's always in his lab and he's, you know, like cutting up zombies and, you know, I'm going to get into this character. Like this guy, he's, he, he was one of my favorite characters of the film too. He's just, he's just, you can see that this guy's insane, you know, the way he looks and, you know, he looks like he hadn't had much sleep. He, you know, he, 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 he sometimes he bucks his eyes and he, 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 and he also tries to, it's like, he's so fascinated with the zombies. Like, like of all his years of being a scientist, he was probably more fascinated in this moment in his career, you know, like, you know, dealing with the undead and, you know, trying to figure out what happened and trying to, you know, figure out what make them, what makes them tick and what, like, what are their attributes? And, you know, that's one thing I just love about this movie because um he has this one zombie that he keeps chained up in his lab named Bub. And, um, this character, he's, uh, he's more like, like, tamed than the other zombies and he's more like gentle with um the scientists and um he doesn't um get agitated um uh, when he sees like other people around like he you know he's not like the other zombies and stuff he's like more trained and um he's more a little bit more uh calmer when it comes to um being in contact with the humans and um dr logan he um you know because over time he trained him he you know he made him be, he made him behave you know he uh he didn't abuse him he treated him like like almost like a pet and um and dr logan he grew attached to him and grew um you know a bonded relationship with this zombie and um like i said he named him bub because uh he named him after his father i guess his father was named dr logan's father was named bub and um uh, and um i guess he was a surgeon and he even said like oh my dad he was a surgeon and they called him bub <laughs> and um you know, it was, you know, it was kind of weird, but you know, he, he thought that would have made a unique name for him, uh, for his pet zombie. <laughs> it, um, it, it worked though. It's it, you know, say, so I, you know, I think Bub, you know, was an interesting character, like the way he moves and, you know, he was acting well. Um, he was played by a gentleman named, uh, by the name of Sherman Howard. And, um, you know, I recently seen the actor in a commercial last year or a year or so ago. It was, he was an efficient commercial. <laughs> you probably seen it, but, uh, yeah, I can't think. I think it was a Geico commercial. I'm not sure, but uh, he was in a fishing commercial. I was like, oh, there's Bub, you know. But um, one thing leads to another. We see the antagonist of the um film, and that he's played by the late Joseph Pilato, Captain Rogues. Captain Rogues is basically like the big badass soldier of this group. He's basically running shit. He doesn't care about anyone else's opinions. He's just you know barking orders. He's just you know, being prejudiced and just being sexist and, you know, like he, he just doesn't care. Like he just, he just, he's just a devil. You know what I'm saying? He like, you think Steele and Rickles, like Steele and Rickles, they were like, they were, they're, you know, idiots, assholes and, you know, more like the comic relief, but Rogues was more, he's the, he's the, he was the big bad heavy of the other group. You know what I'm saying? He, he was just, you know, yelling, screaming and, you know, giving orders and, thinking he was God of the uh, underground bunker or something like that. But um, I thought he was, you know, played well by Joseph Palato. You know, 
like I, I don't think anybody else uh, there was anybody else who could have played Captain Rose better than him. Like, you know, this movie got remade twice, and um, like he he was featured in the first remake. The, well, the, well, the character of Captain Rose. Um, but well, I'm gonna get into that when I get into those films because yes, I will be reviewing the two remakes as well as the the unofficial sequel that came out. Oh my God. Just wait till I get to that. Man. But anyway, let's talk about the 1985 classic. But Captain Rogues, you know, he's basically fed up with the zombies and he's basically tired of the being down there. He wants to get out. You know, he wants to, to get like to a better bunker or a better uh, military base or whatever. And he feels like the scientists are wasting his time, you know, with the zombies. Cause like, you know, he f- finds out that, okay, y'all basically teaching these dead things to do tricks. Like y'all not trying to figure out how to destroy them. Y'all just basically, you know, teaching them to do tricks and stuff. And I kind of agree with him on that. I will be a little mad too. It's like, if I was in charge of a military, you know, unit and some scientists that, then their job was to try to destroy or domesticate, uh, whatever entity that we're dealing with, whether it be zombies or some other monster. And if I found out that they were basically making them do head spins or basically making them jump up and down, I would, I think I would be a little ticked off too. It's like, okay. So it's like, he even said himself, like, is this supposed to knock our socks off? Like, is this what, like, you know, I actually agree with him on that. But, um, one thing leads to another, um, like everything suddenly, fa- everything falls apart, you know, within the group. Cause that's one of the messages of this film is that these people cannot get along for shit. Like even in a small group of people, like they just cannot get along. Like, like, you know, that's one of the commentaries, the commentary that George Merrill wanted to put in this film is that even in a, a horrible situation, like a zombie apocalypse, the smallest group of people couldn't get along to save their lives. Because like I said, one thing leads to another, um, Captain Rose and his men turn on the scientists. Um, they try to kill them. They try to um, um, <clears throat> get John to uh, fly them out because John's the only one that uh, can fly the helicopter. Billy's like the co-pilot, but John is the one that flies the um, the Welly Bird, as he says. And um, Miguel, he gets above ground, and he like that. Remember that I was telling you that fence that was um, being surrounded by zombies. He opens up the fence and lets all the zombies in so they can consume him. And also he lets them down into the bunker and they just, you know, ransack the place and start killing everybody. They kill Steel, they kill Rickles, the rest of the soldiers. But Captain Rogues, he gets it the worst because he has a showdown with Bub. And um Bub, he felt the tension between them two anyway. They 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 didn't like each other from the jump. And uh, because earlier in the film, Bub he just knew that Captain Rose was no good, and Captain Rose he killed his um his master, if you want to call it that, call call him that uh, Frankenstein. You know, he he shot Frankenstein um before Bub can escape, and um when Bub escaped and saw that Frankenstein was dead, he knew right away who did it, and um he used um what he learned from um Frankenstein, and he was able to get his hands on a gun, and he tracked down Rogues and um. It was funny, you know, like he, you know, he was shooting them. It was almost like a cat, you know, chasing a mouse. <laughs> like, like he, he, he just, he was just shooting them, and you know, Captain Rose was just in a in a wreck, and 
he couldn't get away and he's crawling on the ground and you know he opens the door to he the way of what he thinks is maybe an escape from bub and he runs into an army of zombies and he is torn in half and his last words are choke on them <laughs> referring to his entrails as the zombies consume him i thought that was classic and that line actually wasn't scripted um joseph plato came up with that line himself and um I thought that line was brilliant, and I said, you know what? Only Captain Rose would yell that in his final moments as he's being consumed by a bunch of corpses. <laughs> oh, man, day to day, I love this film, man. Uh, man, the music is amazing. I, I, oh, man. You know, the soundtrack, I could listen to the soundtrack and just relax, you know. But whether it be the calm moments of the film or the more upbeat action moments that were in the film, you know, like I say, it was well shot. I don't understand how this movie flopped back in the eighties. You know, like, you know, like it's like, I thought this movie was perfect. It's that, like I said, out of the original trilogy, night, dawn and day, day is my favorite one. And I, I believe this is also Romero's favorite movie of his, I don't know if his whole, a whole film collection or if his original trilogy, but I know he said day was his favorite one. And uh, I understand why, you know, it seemed like he put a lot of love into this movie, you know, like, um, he, he, I think he definitely had a lot of care into this film. And, um, but yeah, Day of the Dead, man, you know, like I said, um, it's a classic. If you hadn't seen it, check it out. It's a, you know, great film. I'm going to definitely get into the remakes and the unofficial sequel that came out, um, in the past. And, uh, I, oh, also, I also heard, well, I also heard that they're, they're making a TV show based on Day of the Dead. That's supposed to come on the sci-fi channel. I'm like, oh, like. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the original film, and um, I actually didn't have my problems with one of the remakes that I will discuss. And um, but I don't know how many times they're gonna try to remake Day of the Dead. You know, it's like they made two remakes, they did an unofficial sequel that had nothing to do with jack shit, and then now they're making a TV show based on the title. I yeah, I'm like okay, but you know, like it kind of reminds me how the Night of Living Dead films. Um, how Night of the Living Dead has been remade so many times because that movie's in the public domain. You know, that's another movie I'm definitely talk about in the future, but I'm saving that. But I want to talk about my favorite from George Romero's original trilogy, Day of the Dead. But um, I'm all out, y'all, and uh, I'll see y'all in the next one. Y'all stay safe out there, and I'll talk to y'all in the next one.